Hey, it's Pat Gray on the Glenn Beck program today. We talk about doing extra research before sharing things on social media. Uh, Make sure you get the facts straight before you decide to share with others. Probably a good safety tip. Dr. Roy Wilson joins Glenn to talk about a training program that he started to help police departments de-escalate high-risk situations. Also, make sure you check out the documentary Uncle Tom. We have Larry Elder, executive producer of the documentary, to help explain the message the documentary is trying to tell. And finally, just a riveting interview, the last hour with Lara Logan, as she joins Glenn to talk about Antifa, the uh, now domestic terrorist group, and lots more. Don't miss it. All coming up on the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. All right, welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. We're glad you're here. Um, I want to start with a, a clip from Stephen Crowder from the Blaze TV. Stephen went down and took his uh, microphone down to the streets of of Dallas during the daytime and was talking to somebody who was a graffiti artist about what was happening. I want you to play this. I want you to really listen to this conversation. At least at that point, the officer has been held no, no, accountable. No, 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 no. I don't give a f- about none of that. That f- don't matter, bro. So what would you what matters want? Is, the, what matters is the message get out, that that was not right. That's what matters. Well, I that think the message right. is out. No, I don't think so. Do you think, think that so. breaking uh, windows and the looting gets the message out, or do you think it hurts the message? Man, all of it is the message. Everything, all of it is a part of the message, whether it's looting, whether it's painting on buildings, whether it's drawing on T-shirts, whether it's wearing certain shoes. All of it is the message, and it all needs to get out. They all need to well, get let me say, I think this is, I, I don't know the story exactly. I think this is beautiful. Everybody I think this, can't draw, I right? think this, well, that's true. But people can't loot. People can't commit crimes because then that's a violation of other people's rights. Can, but the police can kill people all No, people they can't. The they shouldn't. With, but they have been. They have been. And, and now people are looting been, and both no, are crimes. No, and now people are rising up. That's what it is. People is rising up. It ain't looting. Is this rising looting. up? So this is you, the is same. It, is, it, is it justice when a black man got a dot for something he ain't even do? Okay, stop. This is the argument that you're having with people all around the country, all around the country. Even our kids, if you have older kids, might be saying things like this, that, hey, well, this has got to stop. Yes, it does. But you must separate the two. We agree. It's only when you merge these two together that we have problems. Now, how do we talk about that? How do we get our police to be able to talk to somebody when they don't see things the same way, except police should not be gunning down or kneeling some on somebody's neck. We agree on George Floyd. So how do we get past all of this? Let me show you one more piece. I want I want to I want to um, uh, show you the piece of video that I saw yesterday that I thought was unbelievable. It comes from Fayetteville. The police officers lined up across the uh, street and they were in two or three rows and it looked like they were ready for confrontation. And then they took a knee. And what happened afterwards was phenomenal. Watch this video in case you haven't seen it and you're watching on the Blaze TV. All of a sudden, after they take a knee, many, if not most, of the protesters take a knee. Takes them a while. And you're seeing them trying to figure out, wait, what's happening here? 
And the leadership of that protest kind of walks in front of him and says, take a knee, take a knee. Then what's amazing is a little child leads. Who looks, somebody who appears to be a child is the first one to go all the way over to the line and shake the hands of a police officer. Several people approach, they may have said something, but it's the child that actually is the one that goes all the way to the line first. And then more people start coming to the line and they line up just like at the end of any any good sport uh, game where they all shake hands at the end. This was miraculous. Now there is training that is uh, being started now and uh, Wayne State University is starting police de-escalation training uh, because they're not trained in any of this kind of stuff. And M. Roy Wilson is the president of Wayne State University. He's with us now. Uh, do I call you M, like the James Bond, or Roy? Or Mr. Wilson? Yes, I, it, either is fine. Dr. Wilson, Roy, anything you want to call me. Okay. All right. I kind of like M, and that's the one you left off. Um, so, Roy, tell me what tell me what you're doing uh, in, in trying to train the police, and how many how many officers and, and departments are involved. Yeah. So let me just first of all say that um, you know, obviously being on radio, I, I couldn't see the the image that you were portraying, but it um, I, I was picturing it that the way you were describing it, and it was a, a very beautiful uh, imagery. And what happened there, the officers kneeling, it occurred to me that that is a form of de-escalation. And that's what we're talking about, trying to uh, keep a situation from getting worse to aggression, into violence, and then ultimately sometimes people getting killed. Um, You know, Samuel Du Bois, you might remember, this was about four or five years ago now, he was uh, a black man that was uh, fatally shot by a white University of Cincinnati police officer. It was during a routine traffic stop. And, you know, like uh, the University of Cincinnati, you know, all officers are armed and have full police authority. Uh, the reaction, of course, was um, was scathing in terms of what happened. Uh, and even though, you know, our officers have a very good relationship with the community, um, all it takes is just one incident to just break all that down and um, it it was devastating to the University of Cincinnati and and we don't want something like that happening here. So this uh, National De-Escalation Training uh, Center is uh, is an attempt to um, start off with our own police department and uh, we've already had a a couple of training sessions. It's state-of-the-art de-escalation training augment it with uh, simulation uh, training, and then use a, a hub and spoke model and have regional centers throughout the country. Um, and, and we've begun that in Texas and in North Carolina, and there'll be others uh, uh, coming along. It's, it's, a, it, it's a nonprofit um, that uh, is uh, incorporated in the state of Michigan, or at least we've um, uh, started that process so that uh, there's not a profit motive here at all. It's really a, trying to get a public service to uh, get out there and and uh, get de-escalation training, um, certainly among uh, university 
police forces, but outside outside of that into other law enforcement, too. So I have to tell you, uh, Dr. Wilson, uh, I am uh, I'm glad to hear that this is going on because we we don't know how to talk to each other. Uh, and I've seen a few examples of uh, of the police here recently that have done some amazing things and just totally took the situation from very tense uh, to, you know, almost a joyous uh, situation. Um, but what is the goal and what are the things that you are you are teaching? Well, it's based on it's based on personality uh, profiling, being able to identify certain personalities uh, quickly and based on the identification of personalities, being able to uh, respond uh, uh, based on that particular personality. The, the actual instrument is something that's been used um, for a while. It's called DISC, D-I-S-C, which uh, represents certain personality types. But the, um, the um, I, I don't want to get too uh, technical here, but the, the, there's been a, a modification of that to be even um, more precise. And so there's uh, uh, four... Uh, personality types in DISC, and now with uh, this modification, there's 26 subtypes that can be used to identify particular uh, personality types. And then based on that, um, the the law enforcement officers are are trained to approach and and modify their behavior um, based on the personalities of the the, uh, subjects that they're apprehending. So my question is, how do we how do we get past uh, because we're arguing two things. Um, We're arguing about the protests and the riots. And I have no problem with peaceful protests at all. You can protest for anything and I'm fine and I'll I'll, you know, stand by you and take the billy club to the head uh, to stand up for your right to protest. That's very American. but then we have that mixed with the riots, which no American is for, and also mixed with this violence on uh, George Floyd, which also I think it's unanimous. No one is backing that. Everyone wants to see that guy go to jail. How do we separate these things to be able to have a rational conversation? Yeah, I mean, certainly it's it's very emotional. You know, when you really think about it a black boy today has a one in 1000 chance of being killed by law enforcement now let me just put that in perspective let's say out of a population of 10 million that's 10,000 and I picked that 10 million because uh, that's the population of Michigan where Wayne State is and you know Michigan has been one of the states that has been ravaged by the coronavirus and yet, when you really think about the number of deaths, it's about a little over 5,000. So that's only half the number of black boys who will die if nothing is, is done. And so the emotion is understandable, um, and, and the, the sense of urgency is understandable. Uh, but you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the, um, you, know, you have to separate the looting and the violence. Uh, with the peaceful protests, and uh, unfortunately, I, I do think that um, that uh, the mes- the the actual message 
is getting a, a little bit uh, drowned out by some of the uh, negativity. I think the riots are the worst thing for, uh, I mean, we could have been united on this easily because honestly, I don't know a single person that said, ah, well, it's no big deal. I don't know a single person that said, you know, now they found that fentanyl was in his, uh, in his bloodstream and he had a record, blah, blah, blah. I still don't know anybody who said this was right. Uh, I mean, I don't care what your record was. Uh, if, if you are laying down on the ground and, and you have a police officer sitting on your neck, on your neck. I don't care if you're Charles Manson, that this is you are abusing human rights and you don't have a right as a cop to kill that guy. Uh, sloppy is is not even begin to describe that. Uh, and uh, and I don't care who it is. All right. Here's how my conversation with Tanya went the other night. And uh, maybe you'll be able to relate. I said, Tanya, have you ever heard of Built Bars? <laughs> My nutritionist says, uh, they're really, really delicious. They're really good. And then she said, Built Bars? Do you mean the ones that are in our refrigerator I've been telling you about forever? And I said, no, you've been talking about a protein bar. Yes! Built Bar! And I'm like, no, but this tastes like a candy bar. That's what I said. But you eat all that crap. And so you always think things taste good. I eat stuff with actual... Good things in them like butter and sugar, <sighs> was her response. Well, <laughs> you wouldn't believe what I have to deal with just to be able to get my sweet tooth satisfied and to be healthy. Built Bar, you should try them. Just don't tell my wife. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code BECK. You get $10 off your first order. It's a huge deal. Promo code BECK. $10 off. BuiltBar.com. The best of the Glenn Beck program. It is an honor to have Larry Elder with us. Larry Elder has been doing Larry Elder show for uh, God only knows how long you've been doing it. Uh, Larry, you've been a voice in the wilderness for a very long time. Now you've come out with uh, Uncle Tom, this documentary. Um, and I want to play a clip before we begin. Play clip one, please. Most people are completely oblivious to the history of the Democratic Party. The party of slavery. The history of the Democratic Party. Jim Crow laws. They're erasing all of the history of this country. They want to cover up history. The real history, not the revisionist history. If you are educated. Black people have been taught a narrative that has been created. You're actually miseducated. And that's when I realized that I've been lied to. I had been misled. It unraveled everything that I knew to be true. The documentary is called Uncle Tom. And it comes out next month. You can find out information on UncleTom.com. Uh, Larry, welcome to the program. How are you, sir? Glenn, I'm doing really great. The only, only small correction, it comes out June 19th, just in a few days. Oh, oh okay. Sorry. I thought it was, I thought it was in July. Uh, June 19th, great. Yeah, June, uh, so, Juneteenth, actually. Uh, that's, why, that's why we chose that date, Juneteenth. That's the, oh. that's the day of, of the uh, celebration of the Emancipation Proclamation. So we thought we'd issue it out on, on, that, uh, on that date. Uh, you know, I uh, growing up, I grew up in Seattle, so I didn't know about Juneteenth. Down in Texas, it is it's huge. I mean, it is a really big day down in Texas, and it's actually the day that uh, the Emancipation Proclamation 
made it to the slaves uh, in Texas, right? Right, right. And and I didn't celebrate it either. I, I didn't even hear about that uh, that holiday until I got right. into college. And and Glenn, the reason yeah. I did Uncle Tom is because the the young director Justin Malone approached me a couple of years ago, and he said I'd like to interview you about why it is you get all this grief because you uh, dare to dissent from the Democratic Party. Uh, he said, w- what is it that that People are, why are you guys called Uncle Tom and, and Coon and, and self-loather? And I, and I said, well, it's because people have real strong views. And he kept saying, but yeah, but why? But why? And the more, <laughs> the more he said it, Glenn, uh, the more I, I realized there's never been uh, any sort of examination about what it is that causes people like Alan West and Candace Owens and Larry Elder and Herman Cain and, uh, and uh, Bob Whitson and some other people to be called all these vile names when all we're suggesting is, A, your fate is in your hands, B, America in the year 2020 is not America in the year 1820. And C, not everything that, that's bothering you can be traced to Jim Crow and slavery. And for that reason, we're called all sorts of names. Wouldn't it be good news, Glenn, if we were right? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm looking, looking at all yes. this stuff going on in our streets, and I tell people that, if anything, the cops are more hesitant, more reluctant to pull the trigger on a black suspect than on a white suspect. There have been several studies that suggest that, including one by a black economist at Harvard named Rolling Fryer. He said it was the most shocking result of his career. He assumed his study was going to confirm the, the, the narrative that the police are out mowing down black people using disproportionate force against them. And he found not only was it uh, not true that cops were more hesitant, more reluctant to use deadly force against black people. Now, when I say this, inevitably, Glenn, as you know, on radio, somebody will call up and they'll be hostile and I'll be called Uncle Tom and all this. And I always say to them, why don't you pull for me? Why don't you want me to be right? Call me naive. Call me oblivious. But my goodness, Uncle Tom, what is this? We just had a black president, Glenn. We had back-to-back black yeah. attorneys general for crying out loud, this is not your father's America. And to act like it is, in my opinion, insults the hard work that people like MLK did to get us to the place we are right now. MLK has got to be rolling in his grave along, honestly, with George Floyd. I mean, if this were my legacy uh, and this is what my death caused, I would be... Uh, I would be horrified, horrified. Absolutely. Um, and, and, the, and the premise, the premise is just false. There are 7,000 uh, black people uh, who are killed on average in the last several years. Almost all of them are killed by other blacks. When you look at interracial black-white homicide, it is rare, but to the extent that it happens, it's about 750 times each year, Glenn. 500 of them are white people killed by blacks. 250 are, are blacks killed by whites. So blacks at 13% of the population kill twice as many whites. Uh, as whites killed with 61% of the population. These are just facts. Last year, there were nine unarmed blacks killed by the police. There were 19 unarmed whites. I defy your audience to name an unarmed white because MSNBC, CNN, Van Jones, Don Lamont, they don't give a damn about an unarmed white guy, but an unarmed black guy, let's call out the guard. Let's bring up Washington. Let's, let's march on the city. This is how the media manipulates you. Meanwhile, Memorial Day weekend, Chicago, 10 people killed, 49 people shot. Year to year, more people shot in Chicago uh, and killed in Chicago than last year, even though they've been under a coronavirus shutdown. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about that because we're talking about the, the rare occasion, unfortunate, obviously, where somebody, a police officer, has done something to a black guy. An officer did, not the police department. This individual officer did. Let's deal with the individual officer or officers involved in the case. You know, the 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 officer in this particular case, Larry, what are your thoughts on on him? 
Well, I think that the officer who did this certainly should be charged. Whether he's charged, whether he gets convicted of first-degree murder is a whole different ballgame, and that's what bothers me. He's been charged with third-degree murder, which seems reasonable to me. Uh, I doubt that he was intentionally trying to kill this guy in front of all these people and mm-hmm. in front of the, the police officer, right. but certainly he acted negligently uh, in, a, in, a, in a criminal way. Whether the other officers are equally culpable is another question that's open. My, bo- my concern, though, Glenn, is this uh, autopsy that was done by Michael Biden and the, and the lawyer, and they both said this suggests a first-degree homicide count should be filed. Really? First degree requires intent deliberation. Are you telling me that this guy got up in the morning and said, I'm going to find a black guy, I'm going to kneel on his neck and kill him in front of a bunch of people telling me not to do it and in front of, in front of three other police officers? Good luck with that one. And if that's the marker, you're going to have another riot when the, when the jury comes back and, and says not guilty on first degree. Yeah, well, you, can't, you cannot prove the intent and forethought. I mean, how how are you going to unless he said to somebody, you know what, that's what I'm that's what I'm going to do. There's there's no way to have first degree murder, third degree murder, manslaughter, open and shut, uh, open and shut case, in my opinion. Exactly. Um, So, Larry, how do we have I've never seen something that America has come together on more than this. I mean. I don't know of an American that's saying, no, let the police get away with it. Right. I don't know anybody right. who thinks this guy was right. Not and, a and soul. Was, and, Glenn, and Glenn, and that's the point. It would be one thing if the Fraternal Order of Police put out a statement and said, well, this is standard tactics. How dare you accuse this officer of homicide? In fact, the Fraternal right. Order of Police put out a statement, denounced what these officers did. I don't know a single cop, publicly or privately, who's ever said this is okay. And you've got a very liberal mayor who's sympathetic. You've got the vice uh, president of city council who happens to be black. The state attorney general in Minnesota is black. What gives you the impression that when all these officers were fired summarily and the lead cop arrested and charged, what makes you think it will not be thoroughly investigated such that you've got to go out in the streets and tear up the place for, for six, six or eight days now in a row? This is absurd. So what's happening, Larry? What's happening is you've got a bunch of people who've been taught that if there's any kind of thing that goes wrong, you should assume that it's a, 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 a reflection of institutional racism. It's a microcosm of institutional racism. The point is, we've gotten to the point in America, in my opinion, Glenn, where race is so insignificant, the media uh, and these so-called leaders have to invent stuff in order to keep blacks angry, so they pull that lever, mm-hmm. 95 cents for the, for the Democratic Party. That's why I made this documentary. The documentary simply gives black people permission to think for themselves. That's the line that one person uh, gave me when he saw my film. I screened it for a couple hundred people, and he said it was completely different than what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be combative and angry and defensive. It was nothing like that. Your, your film gives black people permission to think for themselves. It's not pro-Republican. It's not pro-Democrat. It's not pro-Trump. It's not anti-Trump. It gives you, gives you permission to think for yourself. Which party is the best party that will give your kid the best education? The party that says you're going to go to a government school, whether you want to or not, or the party that wants to give you a choice? Just think for yourself. That's all Uncle Tom is asking. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and don't forget, rate us on iTunes. You know this, I don't have to tell you this, but there has been a coordinated effort uh, to discredit voices that could make an impact that were calling you back to the Constitution. You know this because you've watched it happen to me and so many others that you you have grown to love and trust. 
it's a very well-funded operation. Uh, it was about, a, I think, $100 million uh, in, in money and in basically free advertisement or free anti-PR that places like Media Matters spent and uh, procured to take me down. Uh, you'll read about it in Cheryl Atkinson's book. I was kind of the prototype for it, and they have done it. They've gotten much better, and they have done it time and time again. It is time for us to stand with credible voices, the people that you have grown to trust, and be unashamed in speaking out for truth. Lara Logan is one of those voices that we need to listen to. If you're looking for, well, who will tell me the truth? I truly believe in Lara Logan. She was the uh, chief foreign affairs correspondent for 60 minutes. I mean, well, there was a time that, you know, not just anybody got on a 60 minutes, but now I think that's those days are over. But uh, she worked for CBS News for years. She is a buttoned up journalist with wide, wide contacts, uh, and she has been investigating Antifa and the riots for a while. And she knows the background of all of these organizations, and she's here to tell us what she thinks is really going on. Hello, Laura. How are you? Hey, Glenn. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Well, I don't know about good. I'm a little concerned right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, I know that you're being taken down uh, by Media Matters uh, now well, saying trying. that you're lying. <laughs> Yeah, they're trying. Yeah, they're trying. Um, but uh, they're saying that you are uh, lying about Antifa being involved in this. So take us through this this story and the facts that you have on Antifa. It's kind of extraordinary that anybody in this country right now is defending a, um, a very violent um, terrorist organization, right? A network of organizations, because that's what these anarchists um groups really represent and you don't have to take my word for that i mean a look at what's happening on the streets and um and b you know more importantly look at their history of doing this and then c just go and see what they're saying about it right i mean because they're not hiding it which is um in a way even more concerning because for those of us who've followed this for a while and know that this is what they're doing um and that this is what their agenda is um, that is it, what's always been troubling is the way that so many people in the media and in the political establishment have given them cover to operate, including law enforcement, by the way, and one administration after the other. This is not a Democrat, Republican, left, right, blue, you know, red thing. Um, these are uh, extremists. And um, you, sort of, you see a lot of parallels between extremists on the left and the right. They're, um, they're almost... You know, with one or two small differences, they, they pretty much operate the same way, exactly. I mean, there's no difference between what Antifa is doing and the brown shirts of Nazi Germany or the black shirts of Mussolini. So they've perpetuated this extraordinarily successful deception operation where they have people come, uh, you know, convinced that they're the anti-fascists. That's what the name means, right? But they're not at all. They're, they are extreme fascists who, um, they're... Uh, their own literature shows that the world that they want is one where there are no laws um, and in which there are no borders, no prisons. Um, but it's very interesting, of course, because how do you have all that but still actually have some form of order? Well, somebody has to enforce it, right? So this is where the ideology kind of breaks down um, because there will be 
people enforcing it. Let me see who they are going to be. Wow, the militant networks will enforce it. So I mean, people the, need people yeah, need to understand abolitionist hey. movement, Glenn. You know, go and look at the ten points. You know what has to happen for them to get to point number ten? In their words, uh, liberation begins where America dies, and that's what they're looking for. So, people defending that um, are really showing themselves for who they are. Right? I mean, they targeted you. They've t- they've come after me. How many others? There are so many others, and they they do it with their own deception operation. They're pretending that they care about good journalism. They don't. They care about silencing intimidating, destroying, annihilating, and getting us all to self-censor so that we don't cover any of the subjects they don't want us talking about. Laura, let me take you to a bigger picture than just uh, Antifa. Uh, and, and that is, uh, I, I said probably 15 years ago that socialists, communists, uh, radicals, anarchists, Islamists, would all work together. Not that they were coordinating, but they would all see the opportunity and they would all work for the same goal. And that's destruction of capitalism and destruction of the Western world. Um, I don't think there's any doubt in your mind that that's what's happening right now, correct? You know, it's really interesting because a few years ago, I probably would not have agreed with you on that. I would have agreed in principle that it's possible for people with the same intent and the same goals to align. But I didn't really see this coming. I'm not going to take credit for that. Right. Um, I mean, I'm cynical enough to know that just look at the way the Iranians do it. They play every horse in the race and on all sides. And they've been extraordinarily successful at doing that. Mm -hmm. So it's not that I don't think it's possible. But I I now see that you are absolutely correct. And you can add to that mix um, state actors, as they call them in the intelligence world, as a number of intelligence professionals have said. Right. So state actors like China, the Chinese Communist Party, whose ideology Mm -hmm. appears to align. Certainly the intent Mm -hmm. aligns up right now beautifully because the Chinese government does not want Donald Trump and his administration anywhere near the Oval Office. They do not want to be shut out of the World Trade Organization and global institutions. They do not want the U.S. shutting down their vast network, surveillance network Mm -hmm. that they've infiltrated um, through the universities, but then from there into every kind of business, which I'm sure you've talked about on your show many times and um and they're not the only ones right i mean very alarmingly i can't tell you i can't uh, give away my source but let's just say that um the vice president of one of uh, an allied country to us um, got in touch with me recently and when when he sends me these kind of messages i like you know i kind of like ah oh, because uh, this man is probably the most brilliant man i've ever met in my life and um, when, he, when he's asking, you know, about um, uh, is this really happening? Because what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing from the region is that this is the end of the U.S. And he and um, it's looking like this is uh, not going to pass. And we're wondering where that leaves us. And America is a beacon in our world. It's a beacon in the dark. And if you if we lose you. Uh, we've lost everything. And, you know, when I saw that, this is this is a country, by the way, that we have not been kind to of late. Um, this is not a country that uh, is immune to criticizing the United States. And this is somebody I have enormous respect for who is extremely plugged in. When he says the region, he's talking to the region. Um, and so they see it. 
They see it across on the other side of the world. What the New York Times cannot see, they see yeah. thousands of miles away. Na, 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 na.